The 15 Minutes of Fame podcast, your destination to learn from people that are passionate about their business and have amazing stories to tell. Are you ready to elevate your expectations of what you thought was possible? It's time to get inspired. So Eddie, we just talked a lot about your book and your topic, Bring About What You Think About. And I guess I'd like to know, you know, if people are looking to book you and have you speak on that topic to their employees, how does that really um, affect them in the workplace and why would they want to bring you in and talk about that? That's an interesting question. And in fact, initially the topic, bring what you think about, came out of a speech that I delivered at the Million Dollar Roundtable. So Million Dollar Roundtable is the top 1% of financial planners in the world and they always meet somewhere exotic. Uh, usually about 8,000 of them get together and I got to speak at the exotic location of Toronto. So, <laughs> and, and Very the, exotic. And the reason being, it was the first time in a number of years that it was in Canada. It's the only place that can accommodate the 8,000-person conference. Right. So if, a, if an organization is trying to get, like a sales organization, to achieve a target, um, in my background is in sales, uh, it, it, the biggest part of achieving success is to believe that you can do it. So... So one, you know, product knowledge and sales methodology and strategic selling and all those things are valuable, but your team also has to believe they can achieve it. So, so that, is, that kind of is what started me on talking in the corporate circuit. Right. But then a couple of years ago, there was a group of CEOs that had a conference planned in Banff, Alberta, and their speaker ended up um, not being able to make it. And I filled in and I delivered this um, presentation called Bring About What You Think About to a group of CEOs. And in this organization, it became so popular that I travel all over North America now talking to CEOs and, and these retreat events around this topic because I think everyone in a company is looking for an edge. So it's, it's become an extremely popular retreat type of presentation for the, this executive group that I speak to, mm. but it's also become a very popular opening keynote and closing keynote in conferences. So, you know, I find when, when you go to a conference now, um, Meeting planners want content. You know, what's content that can move people in a certain direction? But the audience still wants to be inspired and motivated as well. Mm -hmm. So, so I, you know, I like to be able to do both. You know, how do I do something that's inspirational that can move people to take action? But then how do you create a content rich uh, presentation as well? So people have takeaways they can use both at, at work and in their personal life. Yeah, I mean, the topics weave together so well. But let's talk about. The second topic that, that you speak about a lot, which is around leadership, employee engagement, and, um, and generations in the workplace. Oh, it, it's a fascinating uh, topic and one that's really, really timely. So I've been, I developed a program a number of years ago called The Journey to Engagement, and mm -hmm. it was around creating employee engagement in the workplace. And that probably almost a little ahead of its time because, you know, the whole concept of engagement kind of happened around the mid-2000s. Right. Uh, but it's relevant now. And the reason why it's relevant now is because we have 1,000 Canadians a day turning 60, but we don't have 1,000 Canadians a day turning 20. So we're heading for a severe shortage in the workplace. And it's starting with skilled workers. And it happens when the jobless rate hits 5% and below. So in Canada right now, we're hovering around 5%. In the U.S., it's 3.8%. So in the U.S., for example, they have 7 million jobs they can't fill. 12 million unemployed people, but they don't match the 7 million jobs. Right. So when I travel around the country now, or even in through the U.S., um, the number one concern that CEOs have right now in their companies is anything to do with human capital. Mm -hmm. How do we find people? How do we attract people? And how do we get people to stay? 
And for the first time in the history of the workplace, we actually have five generations working together. And for the first time in the history of the world, younger generations now have more influence over older generations. Mm -hmm. So for the longest time, the older generations would push their values on younger workers and they would come in and they would get the worst shifts and the worst jobs. And and the, the, the change now is they don't tolerate that. So. So it's, when I first started talking in generations, and I've been talking in generations since 2005, it's because I would have gotten a phone call that said, you know, Eddie, how about coming in and teaching us how to get these young people to work? What's interesting, the last four or five years, we almost get more phone calls now where people say, Eddie, how about coming in and teaching us how to get these old people to work? You know, they're close <laughs> to retirement, they don't like technology, they're getting lazy. So it's not about how do we get a generation to work anymore, it's how do we all effectively work together mm-hmm. and how do we embrace the strengths that each generation brings to the workplace. Right. So part of my journey and a lot of the work that I do in companies, under non-disclosure, I'll read people's employee engagement surveys. So I've probably read 100 employee engagement, and that's everything from federal government departments to smaller uh, uh, businesses. and. I would say 90% of, of all employee engagement surveys now, what kind of trickles to the top as an issue is our inability to communicate across our organizations. And mm-hmm. what drives that is the generational differences. So if I'm 57 years old and I'm talking to someone that's 22, we have very, very different ways of communicating. And that's not just the values and beliefs that we bring to the table, but you know, I might use email, they might use Snapchat. Like, So how yeah. do we... How do we integrate that communication style across all of the generations? And what's happened is we now have this very mobile workforce that are just not staying. You know, mm-hmm. in a recent presentation I gave in Ottawa to a group of CEOs, and it's interesting because it, five years ago, the group of CEOs would have been a very, very different conversation than, than's happening right now. When they instruct people to hire now, they instruct people to hire asking them to stay for two years. They're not asking them to stay for a career. They're basically telling people, if you come to work for us, we'll get you onboarded fast. We'll work with you. We'll work on your resume. And if you want to leave after two years, that's completely okay. But at least give us two years. And that's kind of the the workplace that we're working in right now. Very, very mobile. And the reason why this happens is there was a almost a shift in power from managers having power to employees having power. So I don't think there's a baby boomer that would listen to this podcast that somewhere in their career, somebody didn't look at them and say, look, if you don't like it here, you can punch out and go home. There are 10 people waiting for your job. But our kids and our employees will come to us in the future and say, don't treat us better. There are four jobs waiting for me. So there's right. a, the shift in power has gone from managers having the power to employees having the power. And what happens is it it, it takes a different skill to manage in that environment. It takes a more coaching and nurturing skill. So engagement is the, is the one thing that kind of works to do that. You know, engaged employees are more likely to recommend their place as a place to work. They're less likely to leave. If you were the, to use Gallup's terminology and divide your staff into kind of three categories, mm-hmm. you're most engaged is 27% of the, of the workforce. Right. They actually won't leave. Only 15% of that group would ever consider leaving, and they're not leaving for money. They'll leave for more meaningful work. But if you look at this, there's a big group of unengaged employees. They make up almost 60% of the staff. 85% of them are now open to leaving a company. But they're also one of your best resource bases that you can move from this disengaged into the engaged and, and get a great resource out of it. So 
it's become a very popular topic because every single mm-hmm. organization is feeling this right now. There's not a public sector client, there's not a corporate client that is not having a hard time right now finding people, attracting people, and engaging people. Wow. So I'd like to talk about that word engaged because we're talking about it. What does it mean for someone to be engaged? And do you teach each generation the same way? Like it does engagement mean the same thing to to, to every person or every generation? No, actually, that, that's a really good question. So engagement means inclusion and co-creation. So uh, when an employee is engaged, it means they're emotionally attached to the outcome that you're trying to achieve in your organization. So right. so what's your departmental goals? What's your corporate goals? And the, the employees are emotionally attached to achieving that goals. And what happens when they're engaged is they leverage their individual strengths and they align those strengths with what you're trying to achieve in your organization. And there's something magical that happens and it's called discretionary effort. So discretionary effort doesn't mean that your employees are plugged into their phones 24 hours a day and they're putting all kinds of overtime in. Discretionary discretionary effort means that when they're present at work, the work they do makes a difference and it aligns with the outcome. So that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. Now, when you come to the multi-generations, there's three questions that every employee asks when they walk into the door. The first question is, why is the job important to me? Second question is, who am I gonna work with? And the third question is, what do you want me to do? Now, here's what's interesting. Why is this job important to me? For every generation, it's different. Mm -hmm. For someone that's 25 years old, why the job's important to them might be completely different. It might be it's a stepping stone in their career. Uh, Maybe it's a job at McDonald's and they're trying to save money to pay for their their university education. Or or maybe they're starting their careers and they're going to get married and they want to buy their first house. The 55-year-old might be at a place in their life where they're, they want to give back to the community or maybe they want to teach or they want to do something different. They've already achieved the financial things. Right. The second question is, who am I going to work with? That's really interesting because the younger the generation, the more important that question becomes. So we see this in organizations now where employees love working with each other and they dislike their, their bosses. So we call this the classroom scenario. And what happens is it gets really interesting when it becomes cool to quit. So if you have a group of employees that get along really well with each other and one leaves and goes to another organization, the rest of them start to follow. Mm -hmm. So so the the center question, who am I going to work with, that's the biggest reason why people stay in companies. And there's a misconception out there that people leave their bosses, not their companies. And statistically, that's not correct. They'll stay with their companies even if they dislike their bosses, if they like the people they interact with. The third question, mm-hmm. why is this job, what are you going to get me to do or what, what activities do I do? That's the biggest reason why people leave. The younger the workforce, the more likely they'll leave if you get them to do things they don't like doing. And why that's so different than baby boomers, baby boomers would do work they didn't like because it was so competitive for them to, to keep their jobs. Mm-hmm. So my father even had a term for it. When I would say, Dad, I'm looking for meaningful work, he'd say, suck it up, buttercup. It's, it's work. It's not supposed to be fun. Right. Whereas a younger generation will look for meaningful work, work that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we look at, um, you can't talk about engagement without talking about generations, and you can't talk about generations without talking about engagement. Because people come to work with values, beliefs, uh, personal home life balance, all of those things. And companies have goals, and they intersect at a place we call work. And employees that get the most from the company give the most to the company, and that's where engagement happens. And that's where all the magic is. So, Eddie, I find everything you talk about fascinating, and it's so great. 
Um, but but let's wrap up the podcast and kind of tell everyone. I mean, how do you how do you bring these topics together, and and what you know what does it bring to to your to, to the clients' events? You know, it's an interesting question because when I originally started speaking, so I've been speaking professionally since two thousand five. Um, it was about business results. But you can't take the human aspect out of it. Mm -hmm. And when you look at employee engagement, part of the engagement is aligning individual strengths with what the organization is trying to achieve. And in aligning individual strengths ties back into goal setting. So for me, lots of times we'll wrap the two of them together. We'll mm -hmm. start with an inspirational message around bring about what you think about and then lead into employee engagement or we'll do employee engagement and, and leave on the bring about what you think about. Because in order to be successful in a business, you have to have people that have great home life balance, that know how to leverage their strengths, that, that have, you know, have personal goals. And the best way to do both would be to look and bring about what you think about to achieve your personal goals and then tie those into the, what you're trying to achieve in the organization. And it's, what's really interesting is in all of my travels, one of the number one things that happens in organizations is individuals don't know what the goals of the company are. Mm -hmm. So by definition, you can't be engaged if, because you don't know what to align your strengths with. Right. So the two topics tie in nicely because it helps you identify the outcome, what you're trying to achieve, and then how to put that energy behind it. So, so for me, it, it's worked well to have the two of them together. So folks, if you want to book Eddie, you can go to our website, celebconnect.ca, and find out more information about him. And where else can people find you, Eddie? Well, my own website, uh, eddielemoyne.com. And if you Google me, you'll definitely find me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I wish we had more time. Thanks so much for being here, Eddie. This has been, this has been really great. Thank oh, you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I absolutely enjoyed it. Awesome. Thanks.